Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, folks? Landsharks After Dark with you once again. Uh, our second episode uh, following the end of the regular football season. Uh, bowl season has yet to begin, but there's been um, some news uh, in the world of Ole Miss football still, I guess you could say, for the, the second show in, uh, in, the, in the last <coughs> month. Our leading topic will be uh, a member of the Kim Dietschy family. Uh, you could say the second family of Ole Miss football. I'd call the Mannings the first family. Um, but uh, Robert, the more talented of the two brothers, found himself in a little spot of trouble this weekend in uh, his, I guess you could say, hometown of Atlanta. Um, we'll get into that in just a second. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, John Stefanchik. Um, as I mentioned, and as you probably know if you've listened to this show, uh, Robert Kimdichi was involved in a strange incident wherein he broke out a hotel window, fell down onto a ledge, fell down further onto the ground, was disoriented, um, charged with possession of marijuana. Um, police officers on the scene recovered uh, seven pre-rolled blunts, I believe the kids call them. Uh, and, you know, that's not really a huge surprise if you're someone close to the Ole Miss program. You know, Denzel and Robert both have a reputation as liking to indulge in uh, illicit substances. And obviously Denzel had his own um, episode not long ago where he was found. I, I think we can say it now, John. The rumor was that he was found on the roof of his house. Um, and now that Clay Travis and Outkick the Coverage has been reporting that, uh, I guess it's out there. So uh, Clay Travis also in his article uh, about Robert's incident, cited synthetic marijuana as the cause of his intoxication and, and falling, breaking out the window, running out the window, all that stuff, um, as well as Denzel's incident, which of, which was the rumor. Once again, if you follow the program, you probably heard that, you know, Spice or whatever. But um, before we get into uh, Robert's statement, which just came out recording this on Tuesday, um, he, he just released a statement, and obviously he freezes said some stuff. John, I want to tell you my first reaction when I heard the news was um, good for John because I, you know, I think Robert Kimdichi would be a great addition to that Dallas Cowboys defensive line, and you know, I mean, I, I think this is good news for you. I mean, Jerry's going to get him in the second round now. That's what I'm saying. He's he's going to get a bargain. He can, draft, on him. he can draft Hunter Henry in the first round and get him an actual, get him a tight end to go next to Whitney. He can draft Robert in the second round. He wouldn't have to trade picks. Exactly, and then he has Robert next to Hardy. But really, uh, who, who knows? It, it, I, you know, my first reaction was, wow, this is going to really hurt his draft stock. He's going to fall out of the first round. But I feel like that's been walked back a little bit now by some people that are much more knowledgeable. Uh, and you know the way the NFL operates than me, but still, obviously, huge red flag question mark for NFL teams on a guy that already had some question marks. So, what what was your first reaction when you heard the news, John? I don't know about. Well, I think his draft stock's in trouble. But I guess my first my first reaction was, oh, here here we go again. And then 
you know, when the Denzel thing happened a month ago, we ended up feeling like taking a, I think we ended up taking a more of a compassionate tone when we, you know, you would put the context of Denzel and his, I mean, I still, uh, I still feel that the way. program. And you know, I, 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 I genuinely like Robert and I want him to be okay. But like, come on, man, you have to behave from now until April 28th or whatever the hell it is. And if you can behave and make the rumors about your brother and the people you hang out with, put them to rest and go, go tear up the combine, then you're going to make twenty million. You're going to sign a twenty million dollar contract in April, and then you can do whatever the hell you want because it's a fully guaranteed contract. But he, within a month of Denzel's incident, this comes out. So now you have this whole. Every, I mean, the NFL, there's long been swirling rumors NFL scouts have legitimate concerns about who he hangs with off the field and what what occurs off the field. And this just confirms it. And then, I don't know, do you have the statement in front of you? or? Yeah, I do. You want to read it? Because sure, I, so, I, I, I want to know how much of this you actually believe. Okay. I believe very little of it. So this is a statement that came out uh, not long ago. I'm trying to look for a time set period. About 3.30 this afternoon. <clears throat> on Tuesday, as I mentioned, from Robert Kim DT. I want to apologize to Rebel Nation. And actually, John, before we get started, why don't this will this will serve as uh this week's Guru Roberts Corner. Um <laughs> just so we're clear, a feature from earlier in the season, if you guys remembered. Uh well, appreciant a, a prescient uh feature that we came up with there, you know. Who, then, who, who knew? then he stopped talking, which I mean not to get not to get sidetracked here for a second, but I mean, the fact that the fact that he ne- we never heard from Robert after the Denzel incident to me was really surprising. Well, I think I think that's indicative of the way the Ole Miss program is run. I mean, it's the same reason that you didn't talk to Laramie ever if you were in the media. I mean, they just they they just avoid that so much. Like, they really don't want those questions. But he but for his draft, I mean, if I if I I'm agree, Rob, no, I think we need team, to we need to improve. He, that. I would have wanted him to go out and say immediately. You know, I fought some prayers with my brother, but that well, that's think, not it. That's not that's not how I you know, I, I don't know. I think we've agreed in the past that, you know, some of the, the PR stuff, the way Hugh Freeze handles the program, it could could be improved. I mean You're telling me that Robert couldn't and his team or whatever couldn't go to Hugh and demand to say I am or, or, or release they could go release a statement. I don't think they wanted I don't I don't think Robert wanted to talk I don't think after he wanted that. To, which I think is a mistake. Yeah. He, is that I mean the, his I, I felt like his silence was deafening, but anyway anyway let's get sidetracked. What what's Guru Roberts' quote of the week? All right, Guru Roberts' corner this week. Um, I want to apologize to Rebel Nation, my teammates, and my coaches for my actions last weekend. I made a mistake and put myself in an environment that does not reflect who I am as a person. Contrary to a report by Fox Sports, um, that's the Clay Travis article I was referencing. I did not use synthetic drugs. I realize the dangers of drugs and alcohol and regret the lapse in judgment. This does not reflect the core values that my mother and father instilled in our family. I'm a very spiritual person, and drugs have no place in my belief system. As I move forward, I have learned a valuable lesson about the ramifications of a bad decision. I've worked very hard to have this platform, and I want to use it in the right way and be a role model for young players. I'm sorry for putting Coach Freeze in this position, and will accept whatever consequences are necessary. My hope is to finish this year's journey with my brothers. So you know what this means, John? What does this mean? Hugh's going to let him play. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Did you, just, did you hear no. what I just read? Hugh did not. They're not putting the statement out. If you like, if 
if Hugh doesn't want him to play, he would have left off the the end of the statement. He's not playing. Okay, I think he is. Hugh said Hugh Freeze said basically said yesterday from from what I got from the presser and and watching the video yesterday evening was I owe it to Robert to talk to him before I make a decision on anything. In other words... I mean, hey, we're going to... The, the, the lines have been drawn. John thinks he's not playing. I think he is playing. Only time will tell. I think he... First of all, I think it, it, it's it's more likely than not there's synthetic weed involved. I don't buy that. I think the alcohol... Oh, is, sure, sure, whatever. What, what's interesting, I don't know I don't know if you had a chance... Yeah, whatever, we, we're not big enough podcast. We, we, I can do this, and we're not big enough podcast to matter. I was listening to the, to the Rebel Grove one this morning... And the fact that Neil McCrady, who's much closer to the program, who you know he's in the loop, and we we all, in case some listeners haven't figured this out by now, the the media closest to the program cannot report everything they hear because they have to deal with the program on a daily basis, and at the end of the day, want to keep their jobs and keep positive relationships with the staff. So you have to do some reading in between the lines. It's just the way it is. But I mean, the fact, the fact, fa- anyway, that I was getting finish, to, yeah, the, finish your finish your thoughts on that. But the, the point is, is Neil immediately on today's pod was sitting there saying, well, Robert's probably going to come out and say that there was no synthetic weed in the stories. He's probably being drunk, which then they were, which then he and Jeffrey and Chase trying to figure out, well, how do you justify saying you were drunk and then still go crashing through a double pane window at a hotel? So basically, was there, and one way to interpret it was their cover up going to be sensible and quiet NFL scouting questions at the combine in two months. And it was interesting that that was a me- that somebody in the media that's in the, that's in the loop and familiar with the situation and all the rumors and whatnot over the really, really the whole history of Kendichis over the past couple of years jumps to that conclusion before the statements released, which then the statements released. And it's basically exactly what was predicted that this is they're going to specifically deny the presence of synthetic marijuana and then say act like it was drugs and alcohol and a lapse in judgment and then the whole the whole role model thing yeah that's a I, I missed that earlier when I'd read the statement I mean he's not he's he's anything but a leader on that team because they don't they don't respond that, the team responded the best that defense responded all year was the Texas A and M game and he wasn't on the field. I really am starting to think there was, a, there was a correlation between those two things. But anyway, I don't know. What, what do you think, Justin? I mean, do you? I mean, do you? Where do you stand on this? Is it more you feel bad? I mean, I obviously want Robert to, to want him to get better and feel better. But he's had ever even before he set foot on campus, the fraternity part of the incident. In you know a month after signing day, there's been a pattern of behavior here from both him and his brother. That's just it's never it's never been contained, never been under control. And I mean, talk about the family core values. The family, there's too much history. There's, there's too much history in their behavior to kind of to for anybody to put any real belief into really what, what's in that statement. And ultimately, I, it'll be interesting. It'll be fascinating to see where he gets drafted. I mean, I, I don't really, I, I don't really subscribe to this theory that Denzel and Robert are these crazy outliers that a lot of people want to make them out to be with the Ole Miss program. Like, yes, you know, they get special treatment, and I think that's going to happen on like any team that has 
um, an NFL first-round talent. I mean, you're trying to tell me Laramie Tunzel doesn't get special treatment on that team. You're trying to tell me Laquan Treadwell, if he wanted it, wouldn't get whatever special treatment that he wanted. Like, no, that's ridiculous. That's just the reality of the way – like, like for instance, the, the, the backup tight end that gets drug-tested every week, it, like, it, you're telling me Ole Miss is the only team that he gets treated that way? Like, he's the one that has to do that? Like, no, that's a common practice. That's just the reality of SEC football, in my opinion. I think Robert Denzel uh, obviously have problems, and you can listen back to what we talked about Denzel. My biggest concern is that, you know, if they have these addiction problems, which I think there's a pattern that indicates they might be there, uh, you know, that they get help for their own, you know, well-being and their future life. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and indict them for misbehaving as college students when it happens, you know, not just within other programs, but within every student body in the SEC as well. And I, and you know, I'm not making the excuse that boys will be boys and kids will be kids, but it's not like Robert assaulted anybody. It's not like Robert, you know, uh, took advantage of someone at a party or something like that. To me... It, it, it's it's just anyone if if anyone did this uh not a football player you know you're worried for their mental well-being and and their their future but i don't think it's something where you, you say good riddance and you know this person is worthless which i think has been kind of a disgraceful reaction from the old miss fan base like the oh man i can't wait till these kids are gone like I mean, dude, Robert Kimdichie has done more for Ole Miss than any donor besides, you know, someone of like a Hollingsworth level or any booster. I mean, like, he goes out there, practices and plays for, you know, make whatever argument you want to make for these kids getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. But still, I mean, he's not in any official capacity getting paid. He's a minor league player, basically, playing for free in hopes of a shot at the next level. I just think that people have this this idea that they're entitled for a certain you know level of behavior from these kids when really the only person that sets that standard is Hugh Freeze and the coaching staff. And I mean, to me, as long as they're not assaulting indi- like other individuals, doing things like that, I'm not going to have any sort of a huge reaction besides worrying about their own health. That's really my only takeaway from it. I mean, I don't think it's indicative of a larger program problem. Um, I, I think it is what it is, you know, kids in their early twenties that probably have a substance abuse problem that is helped by the fact that they're minor celebrities and potentially future millionaires. Um, that's really all it boils down to for me. If that's a position, if, if, if what I just said coalesces into any sort of position, that's where I stand. No, I understand where you're coming from there, but from the, from the, equal treatment standpoint i mean laquan treadwell could get special treatment if he wanted it yeah but larry tunsil clearly did want it and receive it but laquan treadwell was the freshman that came in and then the the group of players that didn't make the cutoff time that had to run extra laps he'd go run with them anyway because he wanted to be with his teammates that endears with the program and i think we have on the field evidence that this has an impact because laquan breaks his foot against auburn last year and that team Absolutely, was I, I don't, I, but like, what do you, but, but you're talking about the team being better without Robert. What about the second half against Memphis? Like, what it, what is that? That's the, I mean, that's that, that and that's, I, I just think, I just think it's not free getting knocked out and everybody going, you know what, he probably deserves that. Let's just, Are you serious, that, dude? This, this, the dude. stuff you're saying right now is ridiculous. You're telling me that his teammates don't care. Like that's that's not true. I can see that about Denzel, maybe, but Robert is a part of the team. Like Robert, you're speculating wildly. You sound like Clay Travis. 
I think Rob, I think Robert is ninety percent of the mess Denzel is, and the, they the Denzel in a way. You're fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I just think the way you're saying it implies like something that we couldn't possibly know. Like I just yeah. think we're we're just connecting a lot of dots that aren't necessarily no, fair. I mean, connected. I could be I could be totally wrong. Okay, that's all I wanted you to say was that we don't know for sure, but speculatively, you could also be right. No, this is a this is a podcast with maybe a hundred listeners. We're just sitting here speculating. All but right. The, well, don't don't call us out in front of yeah. all those people. This is we do this for the enjoyment of this. We're not clickbaiters. We do this for the purity of the well, whatever. I don't know. We use we use real weed here. We don't use none of that sin weed doing our podcast. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! Lordy, know. lordy. If all right, wait. Is, were you gonna? Did you have a response though? Or were you were you somehow responding to my point and saying that Robert was a bad teammate? I, I'm well. I've been banging this. Maybe, I've been banging this theory that drum, banging the drum on this theory that um, I've been wondering if if Robert Kimdichi leaving is not addition by subtraction for next year, and I'm starting to feel better and better about my premise on this. I guess that's my final comment, and you, whatever that whatever that translates to goes into it. I also the other thing he I mean, not to be I mean well. He's not playing in the Sugar Bowl. I'd be surprised. Well, I mean, our listeners know where we both stand on that, so we'll see what happens. We should make a little bet between us if he plays in the Sugar Bowl or not. I mean, every time that one of us is right and the other person is wrong, I mean, I have a tally. I'm keeping up with this. Yeah. And eventually, if someone gets enough points, then they get to kick the other person off the show. Is that how this works? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like Survivor. Mark Cooper stats and see how that was that one's going. (laughs) I mean, I mean, you can pull him up. I never said he wasn't an NFL wide receiver. I said they forced the issue. I said he wasn't better than Laquan, and I'll stand by that. He and Laquan are different players. Exactly, they're they're pretty similar overall. I mean, production wise, I'd be interested to see how high Laquan gets drafted. I think he goes top ten because I think he it's a combination. Because he, I mean, he, he's not a burner, but everything else. I mean, he's. A, I think he's, it's a combination a, of skill set and uh, story production, as well as just like we were talking about a second ago, character. I mean, he's a high character kid for sure, and I think he's, he's gonna a guy that's going to be NFL teams in those meetings. Punishment as opposed to receiving it, so that and that's important for You're right. He, he he likes blocking. I mean, there's going to be a team that picks him up, and I mean, if he's the right fit, they're going to get you know franchise type player out of him. My opinion. Um, and also, the other thing we've seen is he rehabs from injury well, which in today's yes. NFL where everybody gets hurt, I almost wonder if you have to say you know what. That's this, I mean, that's, that's another not, thing that's that Laramie not, can sell himself on. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean. Say what you will about the effect the Kimdichis have in the locker room, but it's hard to deny the very real, tangible effects they had on the recruiting trail. Um, and I, I would hesitate. You can, you can ride Laquan and Laramie after this, and then say Roberts is really talented, dude. But but I'm saying we've already. I mean, Laquan and Laramie are part of getting Robert. Like it's like you can't you can't say. Oh well, we don't need Robert because we have Laquan and Laramie. When they came to Ole Miss, partially because they knew the number one recruit was also coming. That's very true, but but as far as selling it going forward, you can. I, I, but my point is, my point is, it's a net positive, in yeah. my opinion, on the program. The things that the Kimdichis have done, yeah. you know, the plays Roberts made, the plays Denzel made. I mean, before Robert even got here, Denzel was a freshman. I mean, he was an All SEC linebacker as a redshirt freshman. 
made big plays that 2012 season, which we've talked about a lot, how getting to the bowl game, winning the bowl game, potentially could have been a huge part of that 2013 class. And apart from Bo Wallace, Denzel was probably the most valuable player on that 2012 team, followed by maybe Pierce Burton and then Dante Moncrief. Um, So those those guys, at the end of the day, I will argue forever – uh, if you say good riddance, the Kimdichi brothers, you're you're being short-sighted. You're not looking at the big picture and the things that they actually did do for the program. My opinion. I think the Kimdichi brothers. If to make to, we'll make a Wall Street investment analogy here. We'll go. We'll change it up. Okay. They're the you make the, you make the trade, and then all of a sudden you make two hundred percent. Your returns are two hundred percent the first six months. And it's the best stock you've ever invested in. And you're sitting there going, this is incredible. And it still produces and it's still the, the shine of it keeps going. But it's, it's returns slowly drop. And then now, say two or three years later, it's been declining, but it's still making. I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I think. The Kimdichi brothers are still, they're still giving you a return. But the trends say that if you hang on to it much longer, it's going to lose money. Here, my question is, what's the big detrimental effect they've had? On the program, tangible. What negative have they today, produced? Today, they've been overall positive. I think. Okay, been, okay, okay. That's my question. I think they've contributed to the locker room being a mess earlier this year. Well, that's but, speculation. Well, Who knows? I mean, not having your best player on the field contributes to that. Yeah, but there, there's a lot. There's plenty of smoke around that too. As far well, that's probably not the best choice. There's, there's rumors around uh, that. Synthetic smoke or real smoke? That's a good question. Maybe both. Who's to say? Maybe there's a synthetic well, group. I also here. think that people who think that the drug use on the Ole Miss team starts and ends with the Kimdichie brothers are pretty, you know, ignorant on what's really going on. I mean, Hugh Freeze is a player's coach, and that's why he's a good recruiter. Um, you know, a lot of the discipline talk is just talk when it comes to Hugh Freeze, at least so far, four years into his time at Ole Miss. Um, which, if you're a fan like me who doesn't have any lofty moral expectations for football players and coaches and simply you know, cares about winning games, it's great news. Um, or if you're an, another prominent type of Ole Miss fan that likes to talk about how morally superior you are but don't really care about you know, actions, also great news. Um, C.J. Johnson, C.J. Hampton got suspended at points during this season. And we don't know why. Violation of team rules. But... And then the Robert Kimdichie, like, bong thing for, uh, with the Tennessee game last year. Now, you can say that picture was taken in the summer, dealt with internally, but I don't think he ever missed any game time for that. Oh, no, 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 he did. So it's like, I don't know. There's, there's, there, there could be evidence. Yeah, this is why I think, I, think, I think Robert plays in the Sugar Bowl because Freeze feels like he owes Robert still enough, so much that he can't, let this be the final chapter before he, you know, goes on to whatever happens in the combine and the draft. I, I think he feels like I don't think he owes good. Robert. Well, I, I mean, I think I it, well, it depends on where if you believe. We'll see. On where, we'll see the next thing that Hugh says. But so far, based on what he said yesterday and what Robert said today, they're hinting that he's gonna try to redeem himself in the bowl game. My opinion. Yeah, I, I'm not the only one I, saying this. Robert's just out there trying to save face and not I don't think he made that statement without Freeze being in the loop on it I think that was a joint statement I don't some of the phrasing some of the stuff he said was straight straight out of Freeze and I think think Freeze probably was aware of it but I don't think Freeze agrees with it a lot of people are saying like it's going to be like a first half suspension or something like that 
that's silly. It's stupid. I would. There's part of me wouldn't even let him travel to New Orleans. I don't know. I just say, well, maybe you, I don't know. Dude, I think you play him. That's me. Who cares? Who cares? What's the big deal, man? If you believe if you believe the locker, it dep- well, depends. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's just speculation. Well, though. It really comes down to the whole the locker room thing, which honestly freeze. It's Freeze's job freeze to keep that team that together. Question. Exactly. So he's the only one that can make the decision. Yeah. Because I have no idea what the locker room really thinks about all this. I, I think personally he's think that play him because I think he's the lock. He's a locker. I room. think that narrative is just that. It's just a narrative. Like, what player have you ever heard complain about the like the Kimdichis are? I, I just I, I don't know and like any I've never seen anything to back this up. I've never I, besides veiled comments on podcasts by people that you know love negative narratives because they get to gloat about how they don't care about pumping up Ole Miss people like that. That's fine. It, it's just I've never actually heard anything like that. And no, I don't live in Oxford anymore. No, I don't cover Ole Miss for a living. But I still have, you know, some information sources that are not just message boards. Um, and I, I'm i not saying that that's not true. It's extremely possible. It's just very speculative. And, and yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not prepared to say he definitely is or isn't, I guess, is where I would stop. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting either way. Either way, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Robert if he plays or not. Or well, I mean, I just hope he can. I hope he plays and plays great, and then has a great combine and recoups some of that draft status. Because yeah, it'd be nice if he like I don't know, he suspend him a quarter and then he goes out there. And exactly. I I think destroy. that's that's in Hughes' head as like the best case scenario, but then he has to balance like, well, what if. What if not, he doesn't have a great game, and also I look like I have no discipline, and it all just backfires? And then he gets in trouble again in a month, and I look stupid. You know who's so? Yeah. It's a tough call. That's why we pay him the big bucks. Um, I mean, really, John, transition coming. Uh, yeah. Not as worried about you know what happens to Robert, although we want him to be a first round pick. Well, I'm mean, yeah. worried about what happens to him personally, football wise. You know, he only has one game left at Ole Miss. Um, yeah, high draft in a, in, in a game that in a game that nobody wants to hear this. If they lose the Sugar Bowl, who cares? Doesn't matter. The in only fact, reason the only reason it matters is because the game last year was so bad. I think if you're Bjork, you're worried if you lose in a big way again about you know future bowl ticket sales. Um, but I think having last year's score plus the difference in Oklahoma State and TCU last year, um, it, it should be a much different game. Yeah, Ole Miss fans will generally travel because they want to go see different destinations. But if it happened two years in a row, they're spending this money. I think money. bowl ticket sales could have – I'm interested to see if they would have been up or down this year, if it had been something other than New Orleans. Right, exactly. They the the reason the they're up is because of the sugar. Citrus, they still would have been good because it's a Florida bowl and they had been to one of those. But I bet they would have been down from the peach if they'd gone to Citrus. But they, I'm sure they're up just because it's Sugar Bowl. You know, it's been sold yeah. out for a couple uh, of weeks. Apparently, this, I mean, you can look at StubHub and – I mean, yeah, tickets are steep. Every hotel in Slidell sold out. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's going to be a lot of Ole Miss fans in there. Are you going to the Sugar Bowl? You no, mean? I'm not. I'm not going this year. I thought about it, but uh, no. I'll um, I'll go to playoff next year. There you go. <laughs> go to playoff, Chad Kelly, 20s, which... Chad Kelly slings uh, 400 yards and Shea Patterson pouts on the bench. That would be the best day of my life. offensive tackles for next year. 
Well, they have a they all of a sudden 2016 they have a shot. It, they, the 2016, which I thought thing was going to be a re, for months, I thought it was going to be a rebuild. May and it still has a lot of potential to. Sl- I mean, I mean, okay, what if? So let's move into recruiting now. So what if? Um, yep. What if Shea Patterson decides not to come to Ole Miss? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's still a possibility at this point. He's still talking to other schools. He's still tweeting cryptic things. I don't. Um, he did not visit Tuscaloosa because somebody well, would. Well, sure, but it, I mean, he's talking. he didn't visit Tuscaloosa because he was like in New York City, I think, and just you know he was still talking to the to Saban and all that. But um, if he doesn't come to Ole Miss, I mean, that, all of a sudden next season becomes extremely urgent, doesn't it? If Chad Kelly stays and Shea Patterson doesn't come, all of a sudden next season is wow, we got to win now because who knows what it's going to be like after Chad leaves. Yeah, that then leaves theoretically Pellerin as your. And Pellerin has a lot of potential, but still, he's a big drop off from a. You would, a you would go. Like you would probably go. You go recruit a high school kid and a JUCO. And a JUCO, but but my point, but my point is the same: is that next season, you know, the attitude shifts tremendously because with Shea Patterson sitting on the bench, it's fine if you go seven and five, eight and four. That's not a big deal because you know the future is is bright. But if he's not there, I mean, don't you need to win nine next season with your last year at Chad just to feel like you didn't waste him? I think if Chad comes back, I think nine could be on, could almost age their floor. With well, Chad. yeah, next season's the swing where you get State, Alabama, Auburn at home. Uh, you get Georgia you know, at home. You go on the road to A and M, which is not a big deal. Hardest game is at LSU. And at Arkansas, those are your Arkansas. two really tough games. You get you get you get a bite. The you do bite. you do start the season with FSU, which is rough, which is tough. Yeah, but if you have a quarterback coming back, but yeah, I mean, and we've seen. I mean, we've seen how weird stuff is early in the season. Like, who really knows what's going to happen in that game? Who really knows which team's going to be ready and which team's not? Uh, oh, I mean, Ole Miss should have the big advantage at quarterback with Chad Kelly over whoever you know the new Olsen graduates is. and I, yeah, exactly. Sean McGuire is not the I best think they're bringing in uh, Malik Henry, right? Or is he going to Notre Dame? I can't keep up with that. I haven't. I don't keep up with that inferior ACC recruiting unless they're trying to get. I think I only know that. Hold on, let me look. Uh, oh, yeah. I only know that because he was the quarterback at IMG and he had to leave because of legal stuff and then Shea transferred. Gotcha. Okay. That's how I know that. But, yeah, I think he's FSU, at least according to these image searches. Um. So yeah, I mean that could be that could be an okay game. I, I, next season is it's just too early to tell. I mean, ask me in March, right after we after we figure yeah, out we, who's going to be on the need, team. We, get into it, we need content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get it. We'll get to that. Um, you, worried about, you, you worried about Shea going somewhere else or not? Um, I, I guess less worried than I was a week ago when we talked. But I tea mean, I, the tea leaves I was passed along indicated that basically it sounded like there was a little little negotiation about the Patterson family on a. Some terms, you know. Interesting, because I was about—I thought you were about to say something really positive, and I was going to be like, "Okay, Yancey," and then you say that, and I'm like, "Wow, who is John getting this information from?" That's kind of—that's way too dark for Yancey. I wonder, huh? We have a—we have outlaws on the ground. Okay, all right. I think I—I I think I know. I think I know we're talking about now. Um, yeah, I have a, a feeling that that could definitely be what's going on with uh, the the Shea Patterson. Hesitation. I mean, I the, the rumor's been from very early on that his dad uh, never quite put down the recruiting hat. Uh, you know, never, n- never all, really. Along with that, all in the, 
the indications, the, the second, third, I guess, third string indications I've gotten are that Shea is all on board with Ole Miss. Seems that way. Yeah, and it definitely seems that way. Which, I mean, like we said last week, I mean, look at, I mean, A.J. McCarron got to play in a game on Sunday. whoop de doo I mean, Alabama quarterback made an appearance. Greg McElroy's on SEC Network and doing a pretty good job, but – He's not playing quarterback. But I don't think Shea Patterson's looking at it at college to get him ready to be an analyst. Nope. I mean, I think Alabama, I mean, I think there's almost a stigma against Alabama quarterbacks, essentially, in the NFL. And then Ohio State's, who has Urban Meyer put in the league? Because it's Tebow and then Drama, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to critique Urban Meyer's ability to place people based off of that. Uh, wait, well, what about um, wasn't there somebody else? Oh, Alex Smith at Utah. That's yeah, it. that's right. But he hasn't. He he got drafted number one over Aaron Rodgers. Holy cow! That's pretty that, funny. That's really fun. Now Alex Smith had a solid career, but good grief! I mean, well, Aaron Rodgers has been kind of moody this year. It's been interesting. Interesting to. Yeah, he he has been. That's been a weird season. Yep. Um. We'll talk about well before we wrap in a few minutes here. We'll touch some NFL topics and some MLB topics. Um, not too much on the recruiting front, guys. It is a dead period now, um, so coaches can talk to players on the phone, but they can't have any face-to-face contact. That's gonna run through the holidays. Um, things will heat back up in a big way in January. Um, hopefully, Shea Patterson will be on campus at Ole Miss, uh, enrolled in classes, which. Should help that final push, the January 29th big visit weekend that if you follow Ole Miss Recruiting, you've probably heard about before. I assume we covered it last year since we started our show in early January. Um, yeah, because yeah, I went I the Drew went, Richmond I went to it blow up was going on around there. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was that was yeah, that'll be that sunny day. We'll have we'll have some of that stuff to follow. But um for now, you know, just kind of keep your ear to the ground on recruiting. Sorry we don't have more to share with you, but really like not that much. Yeah, the only it's, a, thing it's a dead period. The Miss Al game was this past weekend. And oh yeah, we can talk about that. That was great. DK Je- Metcalf. Jeffrey Simmons was good. Metcalf and AJ Brown They're shared. Both so great. Yeah. There's there seems to be a there seems to be a greater than well let's say there's there's probably a 30 percent chance AJ Brown doesn't go state. I feel like I think Ooh, he's. I think I think it's higher more more like fifty that he doesn't go to state. I think today it's fifty fifty. He even but yeah, it'll. But I think as you get closer to, I mean, we saw the CC Jefferson last year. We saw with with Tony Connor, he it, coming staying at home ended up being a factor as you get closer today. I'll believe he doesn't go to state when it happens, but. Well, see, I think I think that I think we know how this one's gonna go, and it's kind of the way we saw Leo Lewis go, which is not not that he would commit and decommit, but that um, yeah, I don't. I don't AJ Brown doesn't strike me as no. Too. You're not. You don't know what I'm. You don't know what I'm saying. You don't know what the yeah. Leo Lewis comparison is yet. Which is uh, if State gets AJ Brown, I think they're gonna have to go way over market to get him which is what they allegedly did with leo lewis but just think how how much they would they would be willing to keep aj brown out of oxford i think they would almost pay him to go to bama before letting old miss steal the best wide receiver from starkville high you know who knows how long maybe forever pay that kid to go to bama such a no, but they wouldn't actually yeah. do that. But you see, my point is, yeah, I know what you're saying. Anything will be better than losing him to Ole Miss. So I think when you get closer to signing day, we're gonna see the uh, what do they call them, cigar boys in Starkville, uh, 
really open up those um, first agricultural bank checkbooks or wherever they State is 12th in the SEC recruiting and only has one four-star, according to rivals, committed at this point. Yeah, I mean... um, They are going to be desperate. I mean, they, as well as Ole Miss and Alabama, think that they lead for Jeffrey Simmons. Um, You know, I feel good about where Ole Miss is with that, but at the same time, I get most of my recruiting news from Ole Miss sources, so if if I switch sites, I'd probably feel other things, you know. But Jeffrey Simmons would be a huge asset to Ole Miss. Basically, um... A Robert Kimdichie clone, almost it seems like, although much more under the radar, probably because he's from Knoxville County, Mississippi. Um, you know, he didn't grow up in Atlanta with an older brother that was a recruit. That you know, okay. everybody saw him out there. I got a quick pop quiz for you. Okay. you know, there's there's flaws in this argument, and I'll get to them, but it's still funny nonetheless. So, so where do you think states ranked in rivals recruiting rankings right 40, now overall? Forty two, fifty one. Okay, who's who's right above them? Right above state at fifty one. At 50. Kentucky. Texas. Okay. Lol. Who's above Texas? Tied for 48th. Uh, Penn State. Western Michigan. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's flawed because Western Michigan has 26 commits. Right. They're already done. Western Michigan's class is done, probably. Their class is done. But nevertheless, the fact that that's... I think the big problem for State... But State... They're they're not out on that many more kids. Like, they're State, State normally front loads, too. Well, see, I think it depends on what Dan thinks is going to happen because I think last season they front-loaded that class because Dan really wasn't sure that Dak was going to be as good as he was. I think if, if he could have done it again, he wouldn't have front-loaded it before they went 10-2. and two. Like Their fans complain about where is their recruiting output from number one in the country, 10-2. and two. Well, look at what happened that season. The class was already full before you beat LSU. And like this should be the year where I just you're don't collecting think, on that. I don't that. think Dan and I don't think Dan and State really try to go beyond. Let's get twenty five Mississippi. Let's go have the twenty fifth ranked class and recruit a bunch of Mississippi kids. Yeah, I mean they're in on one national recruit this year, Derek Brown, which is imp- I mean it's inter- it's impressive they got him to visit State at all. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the class finishes up. It could be very strong if they were to get AJ Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, um, Flip Raekwon Davis from Alabama. Kobe Raquan Jones Davis from is going to Juco. Nobody yeah, Raquan Davis isn't going to. He, get him. He's he he. It's cute Alabama. So that's good news for Ole Miss. They could get him. They could get him out of Juco. Yeah, they're um, they're not wasting time now to get him because they think they go everybody. Yeah, everybody's Juco. saying that. But um, I, I just I, I don't see a. Strong I don't think finish. Simmons goes to. State. I don't either. I don't see a strong finish for it, State. He either goes to Bama or Ole Miss. I that think they feels get, like he goes to Ole they Miss. get AJ Brown just because it's going to be essential for their class. Without that, without like, AJ Brown, their class is they're not going to have money to give to anybody else at that point. So it's yeah. like here, at so I, I think we see them pay big for AJ Brown. He makes it dramatic till the end. Stays in Starkville, and they you know they say the class is saved, and Dan is the best, and everything's good in Starkville. Yeah, but, except Dan's couldn't Dan couldn't get a job, but he wanted one. So yeah, that seems pretty common knowledge at this point that Dan was aggressively shopping himself to other schools, um, but stuck in Starkville for another year. Um, still waiting on that that uh, Tom Hanks rendition, Sleepless in Starkville, with Dan as the main character, and uh, maybe Meg Ryan be like that cow that Dak maybe, stuck his hand maybe in. Maybe Adam Sandler can go do it, and it can be like a Netflix exclusive. What have you noticed? That, what's that movie called on Netflix now? The six uh, that's Netflix exclusive with Sandler. It's like the Rebellious Six or something. Hmm. Our roommate and I somehow got it, got trapped into watching part of that thing the other day. Mm-hmm. It is like literally it is. 
like it's like what the hell, Adam Sandler? You got even cheesier and dumber than you were. But then like his like Hanukkah thing comes out this year, and you're just sitting there going, Adam Sandler, you could be funny if you wanted to, but well, it used to be. I mean, he used to be. He used to be in so many. He great still movies. can. His Hanukkah song this year was great, but then you're yeah, just yeah, like, Eight Crazy Nights was always good. But he's sitting there counting cash. His big sure. movies are lame, though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I said, recruiting wise, we'll keep you posted. Um, we'll seems, talk, seems, we'll talk seems more about like it. Freezing. Seems like everybody's pretty content with recruiting right now. There's not too much. Yeah, I'd Shay, say things are trending in a good direction. Shay, there's a little bit of stuff with Shay, but I think it ultimately gets settled. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let's Ohio, move on. To me, Ohio State's a bigger threat than Alabama for Shay. That that would be the one I would look to. That's fair. Um, all right, let's move on now. Uh, talk basketball briefly. Um, we're about, you managed to find the game on Saturday because I, 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 I did like, manage oh, to. Game. Let me get. Let me try to put this on and see what's going on. And the, the American Sports Network. I didn't even know that existed. It's like, uh, it's. I, I don't think it's a channel. I think it's more like the SEC network was before it had a channel. Yeah, it's like it goes on a local stage. Right. It's like they they broadcast it's things like and then Jefferson package them. Exactly. There. Jefferson yeah. Pilot. That's that's what it is. American Sportsnet. Um, I guess that they um, cover games for whatever conference Southeastern Missouri State's in. I'm not sure. Um but, yeah, they broadcasted. I was able to find it thanks to someone that replied to an Ole Miss basketball tweet um, with the channel numbers. Actually, at the Library Sports Bar in Oxford. Um, and they couldn't get it. And I was like, man, this is ridiculous. Like, Ole Miss basketball team comes here, what, three, four nights a week? And you guys can't even find, you know, an, an away game on the TV? They still going to the library every other night. Where else would they go? I mean, uh, honoring the legacy of one Marshall Henderson. I think so. I'll let you know this spring when I why go back everybody, I'll try to find him. Not to get uh, – we'll, we'll get back to basketball. Are you about so, to flip why, back? Why is everybody – or why is – there's too many of these rumors about Marshall Henderson is the reason the Kimdichis are screw-ups with their synthetic wheat. Lay uh, off our boy, okay? Yeah, no, I agree. Lay off Marshall, by the way, killing it for the Reno Bighorns. Also born-again Christian, so I don't know why everybody has to rag on him. You know, we're all imperfect. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have heard that. I think it's more about what was going on at that time. If you think back to what the, the football program was, it was just so different. And Marshall Henderson just happened to be on campus at a time when the football program was changing, uh, just because of the, the guys that were in it and, and Ole Miss athletics as a whole, we're finding a new level of success they hadn't seen in quite some time. Um, and naturally, you know, with higher level talent people, there's the, you know, there's, there's a riskier set of behaviors that seem to go along with that. And I think, I think, so I guess my point is it's more circumstantial that Marshall has his fingerprints all over, you know, the beginning of the, uh, the Kim era at Ole Miss. Um, he just happened to be the biggest athlete on campus at the time, you know, before Robert. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, basketball, SEMO, Ole Miss won thanks to Steph Moody scoring, I believe, 15 points in a three-minute stretch there in the second half. Um, yeah. Pretty nice when he can do that for you. Um, but overall, still really struggling to find an identity. Um, Steph Moody's, for now, the point guard, um, which is fine for the way the team runs, but the question is what happens when he has to go out or you know what happens when he, he he wants to be a shooting guard to to get more uh 
more plays run for him to shoot off of. It's just, you know, it would really be helpful if a guy like Sam Finley or JT Escobar could find a, a way to consistently be a point guard option. But right now, not really happening. Um, you know, we Mark Canvas Hyman, his nickname is KG because he wants to play like Car- Kevin Garnett. That's great. He really needs to... Does he trash talk like Garnett? No, no he, I don't think he does. But uh, I think he's actually a pretty nice kid. But he, he really needs to step up to be that second post guy with Saiz. Um, Perez has been getting a lot of starts lately. So I think the new starting lineup, see if I remember this correctly, and we're about... 44 minutes uh, away from tip-off against Louisiana Tech here. On a side note, is this the last game in the Tad Pad? Hold on. I think there's one. Let me pull up the schedule. I just Um, had the schedule up. No, I got it right here. uh, Uh, Nope, Troy. Yeah, Troy on December 22nd. Um, So, yeah, one more. This is the the penultimate game in the the Tad Smith Coliseum. We're about 44 minutes away from tip right now. Um, I believe the starting lineup we're going with these days is Moody at the point, Rashad Brooks, the Juco transfer at a shooting guard. He's actually been shown a lot of promise, really long kid that can shoot threes and also, you know, get get some boards when they come to him. And then um, Saez, Perez. Anthony Perez, Saez, and then Newby. Which Perez makes some sense because they're kind of small up front, but Perez could – in, Perez in makes certain, some sense. I I like Perez. Worlds, Perez could be a four. I like but. Perez coming off your bench, especially when you don't show that one three one defense um, early in the game, and you save it for you know, uh, and you save it to just throw it out you know ten minutes into the game, and and maybe hope that'll disrupt them, get some turnovers and easy baskets. Um, but the the new starting lineup has looked pretty good. Uh, I guess. I mean, really, people have just underperformed. I. I've been saying this all season. I think Newby is is kind of lacking some fire he's had on defense in past years. Um, he, he's hit some threes. He made a couple threes against Simo, and I was like, that's great. We need him to be able to to pop those shots when he's a third option and the, the pass comes to him. Um, Saiz has played great, but you know, having one, one post guy is, is going to be really dangerous, especially in SEC play when they're going to go at him and try to get fouls on him. Um, and still, just no true center. Um, a lot of guards. No backup guard. Escobar and Finley combined to play 14 minutes. Yeah, it's just uh, this right world, now we're just this we don't world really know where Perez plays 33 minutes is, is weird and strange. And a lot of me yelling at the TV like no when he's trying to drive. And Hyman stuff like with that. 14 boards is encouraging. Um, he's he's your best hope at somebody developing in right, third. Is exactly. Hyman. You just have to play him and develop him. Um. Finley and Escobar is just more necessity to give Moody a rest, although Moody played 37 minutes. So that's – yeah. they're very – But, I mean, we saw, we saw what happened last season at Kentucky when Moody – he's an amazing player, but when you're forced to go to him every single play, I mean, things can go bad. He cramped up, and a lot of people – you know, we, we said it, we've said it ourselves. That was kind of the difference in the game in overtime was no Moody. So you're hesitant – to to really feel good about him playing those kind of minutes. Yeah, I mean, he, he, here's the alarming stat against CMOs. They shot 35% from the field and 24% from three. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on. that that At some point, you need to see some kind and of... And that labor. was really the story of that George Mason loss um, was they were hot and Ole Miss was very, very cold. Yeah. 
Um, and sometimes that's just the way it goes in basketball, but you got to be able to play through it. I'm pulling up the line right now for tonight's game. La Tech is 8-1, and one, so that's pretty cool. Um, yep. Ole Miss favored uh, by 7.5 points in the tad pad. Over under 150.5. I'm pl- I would play that under. Yeah. Definitely. I just don't see Ole Miss score more. Maybe, no, I, maybe I will play that under. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I, hold on. Let me pull up La Tech's schedule and see what kind of points they've scored. Um, Watch Ole Miss go score like ninety five tonight. Now. Right, just ruin it for me. Oh well, La Tech in their last in their last five games, La Tech scored ninety one, ninety five, sixty eight, fifty, and eighty two. No, seventy one and eighty two. So sixty eight was their low point, and that was at Memphis, but. They beat Ohio State eighty-two to seventy-four. They were they were good last year. I don't know about this year. Um, lost to Memphis, beat UL Lafayette. So I don't. Let's look at Kimpom and see uh, see where they fall there. Um, That's actually probably about right. Ole Miss scored about seventy-five points most games. Sounds like yeah, one fifty point five is probably okay. So La Tech is ninety-eight on Kimpom right now. It's Ole, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is sitting at. Where is Ole Miss? Hold on, let me let me control F it. Uh, seventy three, seventy three. So not not bad with the two pretty bad losses that have already been suffered here. That's actually where they probably. That's about can, right. Yeah, they can. If they can. Let's they say they, they want to play their way into the forties. Hopefully, if they can put together some wins. So uh, seven and two right now. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Need to win two out of three here in the non-conference. So uh, notable, all three, ten and two. Yeah, open with Kentucky. It's a with loss, but that. that's fine. Um, notable names above Ole Miss, uh, Ohio State, who lost a lot to exit seventy-one. Um, hold on, I just saw some. Montech's not going to be a bad loss, but you all. Well, hopefully, it's yeah. Hopefully, it won't be a lot, but yeah. Um, Memphis, Memphis at six and two is fifty-five. Ole Miss plays them on Friday in FedEx Forum. Um, looking for other SEC teams or teams we care about. Texas A and M. Texas A and M's at thirty-four. South Carolina is at thirty-one. Oh, that's good. You want Florida? Yeah, we, at we need those to be high. Vanderbilt's at fourteen. Um, What's Fandy's record? They're supposed to be good. They're six and three. I don't know where the three came. From. I knew they had one. They're good though. I've watched them play. They're they're very good. Oh yeah, they yeah. lost to Baylor. I was watching that game and it was kind of not a good loss. But um, and then yeah, Kentucky is number eight. So lots of lots of RPI teams on Old Miss's SEC schedule. Um, let me look below us a little bit and see if I see anybody. Alabama's eighty two, Tennessee's eighty three, Georgia's eighty six, Arkansas's ninety, um, LSU's ninety nine. Oh my gosh, LSU is ninety nine, four and four with the best player in college basketball, Johnny Jones. Johnny Jones is such a joke. If Andy Kennedy coached LSU, they would be hella good this year. Holy cow! Yes, yeah, they'd be, they'd be that's incredible. crazy. That's crazy. What's um, state's record? I have, I have not kept up with the Malik show at all. Uh, State is at 132. They're four and four. They have some bad losses. 132 is actually not bad for them. We'll see where it all shakes out. But uh, yeah, they've had some they've had some uh, some hiccups in the first season of Ben Hallen. But if you look at his record uh, at other places, he historically hasn't been great the first season. You know, he's not a 
He's not a do-whatever-you-can-with-what-you-have guy. He's a, I'm going to bring in really good players, and then we'll be really good kind of guy. He's a dude This is going to fit me players. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I don't expect him to be great this season, but the way his recruiting is going, I well, fully he's expect. Well, he's got Newman there. I mean, he's got a – Yeah, but New, one yeah, player isn't enough. I mean, he's, he's still starting, you know, for Rick Ray – Acolytes or recruits. We, 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 we yeah, I forgot to mention that. He work. is the coach of SEMO. The the O and nine Southeastern Missouri State. The Rick Ray is uh is their coach there. Um wait, I'm I'm trying to see where they are on this list. Oh, they're not even on Kim Palm, I don't think. SEMO. They're they're out of the top three fifty, so that makes sense. Um but yeah, so look for that. You're gonna you're listening to this after the Ole Miss La Tech game, so just pretend we made some sort of a great prediction as to what's to happen. I expect Ole Miss to win, but we'll see. Um, like I mentioned, next game Friday versus Memphis. Before we wrap up here, um, do some reflections on the way the pro football season's going. Um, I. John, I know you're interested, have made it to the championship game of my fantasy league behind quarterback Cam Newton, um, who was kind of a, a random pickup during the draft. Didn't expect him to have a huge season. And actually, the funny story was I was so worried about Newton that I I traded for Russell Wilson in the first two weeks um, before eventually being like, wait, why is Cam Newton on my bench? And and he's my starter now, obviously. Um but uh, the Panthers have been really fun this season. I really enjoy watching them. Um, I think they have a good shot uh, in the playoffs. I, I guess who? Let's pick. Uh, let's pick some division winners here. You want to do that, John? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's start with the NFC East. In the East. The Pats have clinched. It looks like. No, well, the Pats aren't in the East. So in the East. Oh, the NFC East. Yeah, yeah. So in the Sorry. NFC East, the Redskins. Eagles, <laughs> Giants are all six and seven. Worst division, this or the AFC South? Yeah, yeah. those are the two. Wow, yeah, really um, bad. Um, I, I, the Eagles control. We you know we thought Chip without Bell. looking at schedule. I know Giants play Panthers this weekend, which is tough, but they've been playing well lately. Eagles, not so much. I would think it's either Giants or Redskins out of the NFC East. The Eagles host the Cardinals this weekend, and they play the Redskins and the Giants down the stretch. So they, um. So the Eagles actually control their own destiny. I think all these teams do. Yeah, all, all these teams do at this point. Um, who's so, the Reds? I think the Redskins have the softest schedule, but that doesn't mean squad. Yeah, yeah they, I can see the Redskins backing into it. Um, NS, NFC South is locked up with the Panthers. Um, Falcons started 5-0, and and since then, I think they've had the worst record of any team ever after starting 5-0, and so that's fun. Saints are a dumpster fire, and the Bucks are the Bucks. Um, I think the sorry to get back to him, but I think the Giants will actually win the East. I think they uh, the way them. they're playing. I mean, they played really well last night in a loss. They've they've lost so many games late that it's absurd. I think uh-huh. I think they beat Carolina this weekend. Okay, I have the actual standings up here now, so I can look at all of one page. Okay, um, we were in the NFC, so we did the East, we did the South. Uh, in the West, the Cardinals are playing really well. The Seahawks also coming on. Cardinals winning the division. The, and Seahawks, the Seahawks get the wild card. The, they're going to be a, the five. They're uh, going to get to go play the NFC East winner and smash yeah. it first week. Um, yeah. Oh, they they if they have to go play the Giants in the Meadowlands, that could be interesting. I think they would kill the Redskins and probably so, kill. So it's division. Is it? It's like baseball. Is like it's the four division winners and then two wild cards. Two wild cards, six times. So it looks like. So let's say okay, NFC picks. I'm gonna go 
Giants, Packers, Panthers, Cardinals, and wild cards, Seahawks, and Vikings. Yeah, the NFC is pretty straightforward from that perspective. Yeah. Unless the Vikings just fall apart down the stretch. Vikings have been surprisingly competent. They're not just great on offense. But they get the, they get yeah. the Bears, Giants, and Packers the last three games. They don't make they, a ton of mistakes on offense. They could lose all important. of them. They could win all That's of them. That's important. Bridgewater is a good game manager. I think he has a lot of potential too. I think the Vikings like get in. Nine, um, so. Let's go AFC here. Start with the East. Patriots have a, bit, a three game lead. They they got that locked up. Um, Jets, Bills, Dolphins have just been not much this That's, season. The Jets, Chiefs, and Steelers are all vying for wild cards. Yeah. Like some right now, that one eight and five team is out, which is interesting. Um, yeah. So that's so okay. Chiefs, Steelers, Jets for the wild card. I I'm tempted to leave the Jets out just because they have the worst quarterback of that group and generally the the worst offense. But I mean, it's not like the Chiefs' offense is great. The Chiefs have a, have the easiest. The Chiefs has a good defense, though. Yeah, I I think it's the. Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, I think and Chiefs the Steelers, Steelers and the, yeah. And Jets lose a game here. Man, but let's talk about this this just atrocious AFC South, where yeah. the Colts are currently winning the division at six and seven, uh, tied with the Texans. Like that's I mean, that's if just the upsetting. Texans had anything of a quarterback. Well, I tell you, I got Hoyer. He, yeah, he, he's their starter. Like he, uh, he isn't. He's not hurt, is he? Maybe he is hurt. Is he? Is he hurt? I don't know. Who I doesn't? hope he's hurt because I'm playing against DeAndre Hopkins this week, and I would appreciate a non-starting quarterback. Um, uh, if does Andrew Luck come back, the Colts finally? No, win. I don't think he. I, I read yesterday that he was out with that lacerated kidney for the rest of the season. Probably That's what it sounds like in that the case, Jags. I mean, if, in that case, the Jags can make a run at this thing. Who? They're only one game back. Let's see who the Jags play. They play uh, Falcons. Win. Talk about a team falling apart. Yeah, down the stretch. Falcons yeah. Uh, at the Saints. Very win. wonderful. At the Texans. Then the win. That's what I'm saying. My Jags are gonna come up and win the South, baby. If your Jags win the South, I'd just be beautiful. If my Jags win the South, I got to start calling them my Jags again because, like, that's awesome. I'm into it. Um, the North is strong. Bengals got it locked up. Uh, Steelers hey, had an up and down season. Hey, hang on on the Bengals. McCann, uh, Dalton's out for the year. With the no, Bengals. he's not. Is he? I don't, he think, is, he's, I don't he think he is. is. No, he. Well, he's out. He's for out, the, but I don't think he's out for the season. Not for for the rest of the regular season. Um, hmm. let's see. Ex Bama QBs are zero and thirteen in their first career starts. Holy crap! Yeah, you haven't seen that one. Yeah. Wow. The last time a Bama QB won an NFL start was like 1987. At the 49ers, I think they can win that. Yeah, they can win that game. Uh, The the Bengals at the Broncos, I think the Broncos win that at home. And then the Ravens, I think the Bengals finished at 11-5. And and that was... So so he fractured his right thumb, but it doesn't require surgery. Yeah, he he won't play until the playoffs, though. Yeah. Um, Still, I think that they, they win that division. Uh, I don't think they'll hold the Steelers off. The Steelers have been plagued by you know uh, Ben Roethlisberger injuries this season and then losing Le'Veon Bell. They're on fire right now though. Oh, they are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Broncos, Ravens, Browns. If they beat the Broncos, I think they beat the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, Ravens. Ravens are done with no Joe Flacco. They're just nothing. And no Steve Smith. I mean, there's not much there. The Browns have had an atrocious season. Somehow they always do. Um. Good grief. Well, that's what happens when you hire a coach that doesn't want Johnny Manziel and draft Johnny Manziel, and he never wanted him to play. So True. 
Um, and then the Broncos going to win the West uh, behind. Well, I mean, I, I assume they will. The Chiefs only two they games gotta back. Go. The Broncos are interesting because I think they have the Steelers. They have the Steelers and Bengals. They could lose both of those games. Yeah, with I mean Manning's out, although he's supposed to start practicing again this week. But I mean, even when he was in, he was they're better with Osweiler. Yeah, they are less turnovers. Um, they have a great defense. Then they host the Chargers last week, which you think they win. The but... Chiefs have won seven in a row. That's pretty good. Yep. That's pretty good. Chiefs, Chiefs are hot right now. They are, um, and even Oakland Raiders putting up a, a respectable six and seven. San Diego Chargers three and ten, not so much. Um. So yeah, that's kind of a, a general a general look around the NFL, John. Before we talk baseball and then wrap the show, give me your uh, Super Bowl Super Bowl pick. Give me two teams and a winner. Uh, Panthers, Patriots, and can Edelman or any of those injured Patriots going to come back? I know Gronk's back, but Edelman and Deion Lewis. I think I think the Panthers win it. You know, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Panthers this year. I think they're awesome. I think Cam's winning with, with no one. Man, I can't wait for like uh, Panthers, Packers in the playoff. Panthers, Cardinals. Some of those games are gonna be awesome. Um, but I'll say Panthers, and then just to not be the same as you, I'll, I'll say Steelers. Panthers, Steelers, and the Panthers win. Because, like you said, the Steelers are hot right now. We'll see. Yep. You know, you got to take a flyer sometimes in life, or else yep. you're just going to end up, you know, betting on favorites. Um, so all right, Cubs, yeah, baby, woo! I am, I am very Castro happy with uh, the offseason moves. The Yankees, Castro was traded to the Yankees for a spot starter. Forgot his name, uh, but the, the the big news was obviously signing Ben Zobris to a huge deal, especially for someone his age uh, to play second base. That's Castro's replacement, um, and then signing Jason Hayward. To uh, I, I assume take over center field for Dexter Fowler, who was yeah um, Fowler's gone, who was it. gone. So I mean that basically, as weird as it sounds, if you're a Cubs fan, you know Dexter Fowler was great last season, but you basically upgraded him defensively and consistency wise, outfield offensively, defensively. What'd you say? Your outfield's not a disaster now defensively. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you you upgraded Castro at least for the the immediate future until Zobris gets to be like fifty or whatever. Um, and then you also picked up John Lackey from the Cardinals, which is huge for a rotation that still has Arietta and Lester uh, for another two years at least. Lackey's so, Lackey's a tough gritty pitcher, I really and, and, and putting him on, as your as your third pitcher, and, and then he, it's he, great. It's a two year contract that. That might be. That's the move. That's the biggest move of the offseason. Like yeah, I agree. The Especially you're taking away a top two starter from your rival, from the Cardinals. Yeah. Like and, that's, that's and, and Hayward's going to be good there, too. He's a great compliment. Well, Hayward him. chose Chicago. I mean, he turned down bigger offers. That's the rumor. Too. Joe Madden's cool, man. That's what. Well, I think also it's fun. Also, it's, you, look, it's, you look at that team. And you right, go. you want to be you want to be around if you're a guy like Hayward that you know you played for the Braves and the Cardinals. It would be fun to be around some of these guys that have potential to be you know historically great players. So who all is your outfield now? You have Schwarber. You have Schwarber uh, at middle is Hayward, and then um, right fielder. I can um, fielder. Wait, who am I? Who am I forgetting here? Ayaz or Solaire? Is nah, it's Solaire. It's Solaire. So there's your right fielder, Schwarber's your left fielder, and then um, Hayward in center field, and then inside you got Rizzo at Rizzo. first base, Zobrist at second, Addison Russell's a hell of a, a hell of a young shortstop, 
And then Chris Bryant at third. You put Miggy Montero behind the plate. Um, I, 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 I wonder, I'll be interested to see if they continue the Schwarber behind the plate experiment next season. Um, you know, he is a pitcher or catcher by trade, I should say, but it's almost like, you know, at this point, just get his bat in the lineup and, and don't complicate things by making him try to. Do you have him? I think under six. Control six. six or seven. It's the same with Bryant. They're they're both, and I think Bias has one less year because he was up year before. So Russell Bryant Schwarber should all and Solaire should all have the same number of years left. I think Solaire's going to be traded. Solaire's the trade piece um, of those four. He's been. He's they're holding him. Uh, Baez is also a potential trade, so it'll be. I I think we'll see. Who would you put in the outfield besides um, Solaire? That's already on the team. Yeah. Uh, you could put the Norfia out there. Chris Coglin, if he stays on the team next year, can play um, left or right field. He did it a lot last season when called on. Um, Chris Bryant can play some outfield. Use somebody like Tommy Lastella or you know another one of your utility guys at third. Um. It, uh, you know, I, I think that if they, if they moved Solaire, it you might it might be for something like a, another bullpen arm and then like a developmental outfielder or something. But I'm not sure. I don't know because like Solaire is not a defensive outfielder. He, he's just in the lineup for his bat. He's just a power bat. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's not like it's it's not like you couldn't find someone to throw out there. I, you I have really, enough between Bryant and Rizzo on that team and Schwarber. It's like you yeah, have enough. You have fun. the pop. And, and Miggy Montero is a slugger. Yeah. Um, Hayward's not a slugger, but I mean, yeah, you you have. Uh, you need another like kind of all around hitter versus a pose. You almost have too much. I, I think so too. And that was the problem sound. last season was that the Cubs were all strikeouts and home runs. And I think that's why Hayward is an important addition. You know, all the Cardinals fans can scoff at. What was it, seven team home runs or whatever? Like, yeah, y'all really paint a lot. It's like, well, we don't need home runs. We need base hits so that the home runs can be strung together. You know, like, honestly, that was home runs weren't what the Cubs were lacking last season. They were lacking, like, big clutch, you know, at bats. Yeah, they could hit a single in the gap. Exactly. When exactly. The right side. They were, they were, we were not good with bases loaded, stuff like that, runners in scoring position, stuff like that. So, kind of like Ole Miss last season. Um, although, except Ole Miss last season did not have the home runs to go. Ole Miss didn't have an offense last <laughs> no. season. I think we much improved this year. We'll talk about that. Um, Sounds like the, the pitches days. have to be really good this year. In the coming days, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll to get to it that. In the spring. But um, we're going to wrap there, folks. You know, we started out saying not much to talk about this week. And look at this. It's been one of the longest shows of football season. So I, I hope you've enjoyed and you blew off all the other baseball stuff. Green K got a gazillion dollars. Oh yeah, go. You want to talk? I mean, yeah. If you want to talk about Why some not? baseball storylines, let's do it. Green uh, K to yeah. the Diamondbacks. Grinky. Uh, Diamondbacks trade for Shelly Miller. That bring Dansby Swanson went back yep. to Atlanta in that trade. Yep. Uh, the Braves. The Braves are doing the rebuild properly. Just blow it up and then build. Look what look what the Astros did. They're reaping the rewards of that. The Reds did not do that, and they're stuck in no man's land. So the yeah. Reds are going to be a team you can go get people, go get players. Wait, from. Does, did the Reds lose um, uh, the hitter? What's his name? The the really really good contact hitter. Uh, he has like an am, he has like an amazing strike zone. Frazier, no, no, Phillips, no, no, uh, no, no, Otto. no. Wait, what, what did you just say? Not Otto. yeah, Votto, Joey, Bo- Joey Votto. Uh, he has no trade clause. He has a no trade clause. Yeah, and they. How much longer is on his contract? That's so dumb. A long time. He's kind of like a ten-year deal a few years ago. Jesus. He might have seven years, seven or eight years. 
Have you seen? You should look up. He's got seven years left on his contract. Have you seen the strike zone stuff with him? Like you, like just Google it or something. Player. I mean, he 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 like freaks out at umpires for outside strikes. It's hilarious. Like it's it's fun to watch. Like how meticulously he tries to keep his strike zone the same. It's it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the Reds are a disaster. No doubt about that. It's good for you in the Central. Yeah, very good for me. But and the Brewers also a disaster. The Pirates really done anything? I don't think in the offseason. I think they're still reeling from you know having an amazing season and losing in a in a wild card game, which was just bad. You know that sucks. I think they need to revisit the divisions in baseball. I think the D backs really make a good move going forward. The Dodgers are not. That yeah, great. I think D backs are the clear winners of trade season, unless you wanted Who's to the consider Mattingly? the Cubs. I'm rid of Mattingly, but is it not Don Mattingly? No, they got no. He Mattingly's at the Marlins now. Wait, they have someone famous still though. I thought. Let's see who they have. They have no Dave Roberts. I don't know who that is. Oh, the formal the guy that stole the base in Game Four of the Dope Four ALCS with the Red Sox. There you go. That's Dave Roberts. Man, I'm sure it's the same dude. Uh, and then David yeah. David Price getting straight paid by the Sox. Forgot about that as well. Uh, like, I what mean, are they gonna do with him? Like, who do they like? What's the point? Like, I mean, the Sox needed pitching, but they just don't they need everything. Well, yeah, they need everything. They're, they're such a mess. I feel like when you need everything, you shouldn't go big on any one player yeah. or position. But that's they just have, not a smart rebuild strategy. They have to put a product on the field in Boston. There's some yeah. sure up here on there. Is it a big poppy? How many years does he have left? You think he said he's retiring for this next year? Oh, so that's man. the whole thing yeah. with Hanley Ramirez. Sox are in trouble. Do you trade him or do you just screw with Hanley being the most incompetent left fielder in baseball and then DH him after after next year? I mean. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, John Cueto, uh, they gave him $130 million, which I thought seemed... That's pretty crazy considering the, all the stuff that just came out about him from the gun charges in October and all of that. Pretty crazy. He's still got big payday. Um, but yeah, that'll we'll stop there. Um, let's think about this here, John. So today... Is the fifteenth? We might we might just uh, skip next week, folks. Enjoy your Christmas. I don't think we'll have too much to talk about. Nothing. Although you know, we said that last season, John. And then if you remember, uh, a young man by the name of Chad Kelly decided that he wanted to make some uh, make some news over Christmas yeah, break. So, so and, we'll know. see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, I Rebels think the Robert story is kind of our one random December. And I think that story is over besides, you know, does he play, does he not play? Yeah, I think that's our December story. Pretty much. It seems like it. Um, hopefully. Let's let's hope. But we'll probably talk to you again in uh, about two weeks, let's say. Let's do a let's say, Yeah, let's say 29th or 30th. We'll have a good bit of bowl. Look for us, and we'll, we'll talk Sugar Bowl. We'll update the recruiting, whatever's happened. Um, we'll talk basketball. We'll preview Old Miss versus Kentucky and the Pavilion opening and all that stuff. So thanks as always for listening, folks. Um, please, if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, it's going to make it way easier for you to get our show. You don't have to worry about finding a link on social media, anything like that. It'll come straight to your device, so I really suggest that. Um, and besides that, uh, you know, just keep listening. Follow on social media if you like. We're not that active. I understand if you don't, but um, that'll do it for this week, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.